Yo, it's the All 49ers show. That's Jose Sanchez. I'm Grant Cohn. Question of the day. It's a question of the day, like Pee Wee's Playhouse or um, yeah, Sesame Street. Are the 49ers making the Jimmy Garoppolo mistake all over again? Think about it. We're going to get there later. I'm not telling you what I mean by that. But are they making the mistake again? We'll get there. I, I want to start first with the schedule because Jose and I didn't do a show last week. This is our first time to discuss what you think the Niners are looking at. People are starting to realize that it's a tougher schedule than last year in a lot of ways. And the Niners on paper seem like a better team, if not definitely not a worse team than last year. But what do you look at the uh, how many wins do you see on the schedule? And what do you think of this lack of rest the 49ers are going to get? <laughs> well, addressing that not lack of resting, that was a that was a nice little uh, stat. I feel like every year there's always like something new that comes out in the schedule. It's like these guys are either creating it or they're withholding all this information. And it's like now we're trying to now we're trying to drop in some new some new little some new little blurbs out there so everyone can like feast upon. Um, yeah, that was kind of crazy stuff. What was it, the net rest day? I think they're minus twenty. Like they're by minus far like, the worst in the league, right? Um, right. I think that's based on because they're facing four teams coming off all coming bye weeks, right? I think it's the Bengals, but I think if you actually look at the teams where they face, it's not really that big a deal other than the Bengals, right? Bengals are pretty are pretty raw, and then I think they're facing the Cardinals at one point. They're, they're not really facing like a bunch. Yeah, of, like, the Cardinals could have like eight years to prepare for that game it probably wouldn't make a difference <laughs> yeah. a, with, with with the Niners hobbling a bunch of players into that game and they might still win yeah. so I think look I think ultimately it's not it's going to be hard to tell in terms of the context you go into that game because like okay what kind of Niners team we're seeing all healthy and stuff like that because I, I think ultimately it, it, it's I think it's something that teams have been facing for for a minute now like in terms of like all oh, the teams this team has more rest and this rest da, 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 and it's like is it has it really been that much of a of, detrimental to the team's success and winning the game or losing the game, you know? So I think in this sense, it's almost going to be like, if the Niners do lose, this is going to be used almost as an excuse when it's like, no, 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 yeah. it's not an excuse. I don't give a damn about those rest things. Like this, I feel like most likely it's been an issue all along. And it's just finally getting revealed and someone actually did the math about it. So I think like in this sense, you're fine. So I, I think, no, no, I don't care about the Warriors. They have high expectations. They should still be a 10 to 12 win team. Sure. Absolutely. And I, I believe they, well, I had them winning 10 games. Maybe that's on the low end. I think, 11 wins is a uh, reasonable prediction. Even 12 wins. You could you could sell me on that this w team winning 12 wins, 12 games. But to me, like, this is going to be grueling. They're going to have to work really, really hard to get those 12 wins if they get them. Even if they get 11 wins, it could be more exhausting than the 13 wins were last year. And then you get to the playoffs. Are you the one seed with 11 wins or 12 wins? Probably not. So you'll have maybe one home game maybe two but you probably won't have a bye week you're gonna have to go on the road eventually like you've played 40 games in the last two years it's hard it's tough a lot of reasons not to bet on the Niners to win the Super Bowl this year although they are are they the favorite in Vegas no they're not the favorite there's no way no I think I think they're the uh the top three favorite I'm pretty sure I think okay. I think it might be even higher than the Eagles I think it might be right Chiefs. now who which team what's your hot take i'm not pinning you down here but if like before training camp starts just looking at these rosters what team do you think it should be the favorite this year kansas city <laughs> kansas city okay i have i want to i have a hot take i've been playing around with it but i'm not i'm not committing myself to it Dude. but i want to say that cincinnati's the 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 favorite this year because they stole Orlando brown from the chiefs i'm not mad at that i, I, I don't know. i'm not mad at that at all didn't they i think they yeah. had someone else on d uh, Else they lost Jesse Bates, though. They lost Jesse lost Bates. Bates. That's a nice, that's a nice yeah. thing. That's yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And and Burrow's just not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Just not well. All I right. mean, again, that would be a hard take, right? If he does enter in this next year's and, and like somehow it's like, wow, this guy's like just turns into Phoenix Mose and rising above the ashes of last year's like failure in the playoffs, and he's just all of a sudden just going straight super saiyan right now. Yeah, season. I mean I the Chiefs lost happened. they lost their left tackle, they lost Hardman. I mean, they can replace Hardman, but if yeah. so, they have Donovan Smith as their left tackle right now. He led the league in holding penalties last year, and the they drafted Wanya Morris. Starting tackle last year, <laughs> he was pretty bad. Like I'll always bet on the Chiefs to win unless they start losing offensive linemen. Then I'm like, ah, uh, because the rest of your team isn't that great. It's like your quarterback, your O line, your tight end. Like that's your team. You start losing players in that O line. I'm like, ah, uh, but still, I bet against them last year too because they lost Tyreek. I was wrong. That was brutal. 
This one, at least I'll give you, you, you have a good sense of why they're not going to hit. It's like, oh, left tackle is more weighted than a wide receiver. I thought the hate for the Chiefs last year was, I had him for, I had my homes foregone, like MVP. I was like, oh, I can't wait for this guy to get doubted. Then, <laughs> oh, the yeah. Receiver does not yeah. make Mahomes. Never going to happen again. Yeah. yeah, it's true. All right. Akello Witherspoon is available. The Pittsburgh oh, Steelers are releasing Akello Witherspoon. The Niners could use some depth. They drafted him in the third round. He fell out of favor. He was backing up Emmanuel Mosley, who's now gone. And now, I mean, there it's Diamador Lenore and Darrell Luter Jr. This guy is 28, just turned 28, has started 40 games in the NFL. Last year, he gave up a quarterback rating of damn 126.1, which, I mean, could have been worse. Could have been worse. Uh, what do you think? Kelly, I've actually name? called a little bit of Akello since he's left the 49ers yeah. when he went to Pittsburgh specifically. And I think I remember, not this past season, but 2021, I think towards the, the same thing, towards the tail end of the season, I think he played very strong on the down stretch. You know, 49ers fans have heard that before. Akello playing strong down in the down stretch? Wow. And then, sure enough, when the expectations are there and everyone's wanting more from him, seeing to compete, whatever, and then he just, he just fails to take advantage, take that leap. And that's, that's been the epitome of his career, right? It just fails to take that leap. It's like, it's there. The guy's there all the time, even in coverage. Like he's there, he's good in coverage, but he doesn't go after the ball and he's over there getting mossed or over there getting beat by Stephon Diggs. Um, so no, stay away from this guy. <laughs> you, this is not someone that's familiar. Plus I'm pretty sure the way the two sides were leaving off of each other, it was good for a divorce. If I recall, like, I was like, no, it's time for these guys to move on. I remember Akello. Cause at that point, again, Back then, Akello was doing good. People wanted him back. And it's like, I think at this point, they're just done. I think Akello was done getting, like, bodied by Kyle Shanahan getting put in the doghouse because this guy was the number one doghouse player in, for, with, for Kyle Shanahan next to Dante Pettis back in the day. So I think this is sure. the one that this, there's no way to recompense it, reconcile. I think the Niners just like, ha, this is what we thought. And Akello is just like, I think Akello would say yes because I think at this point he's looking at a very hard he's, – he's looking at training camp body status now at this point. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple weeks at the beginning of 2019 when he looked like he was better than Richard Sherman. He, he had sweet. like a pick six. He looked really good and really confident. He had a really good offseason. Then he got hurt, came back, and I don't think he was 100%, but no excuse. You're on the field, and he gave up some big plays, got benched. I don't think he ever recovered mentally. Like He seemed like he lost his confidence. And remember, the Niners were split on drafting him. Um, Lynch was against it, and they were like, you know, he just doesn't tackle like I think people on our defense to tackle and they sort of talked him into it. And then I think he never really overcame that. And then you look at like Mosley was so ferocious as a tackler for a guy who was way smaller than Witherspoon. I just don't think Witherspoon fits uh, the kind of, no, nah, I don't know. Maybe Steve Wilkes has a different opinion of Akella Witherspoon, but whoever liked Akella Witherspoon on this team five years ago is not on this team anymore. Yeah. And if, if, if you want to take the Wilkes perspective, he Wilkes might be an advocate of him just because he likes to he he's more better suited to play man, right? To get up in there and face, and that's Three something that college. maybe Wilkes might yeah. do a little more of, um, or at least call more situations. Um, but I, I think at this point, it's like if the Steelers are saying are, are canning him now, players who get canned now, that's always like a, oh, okay, like you're just you're just interchangeable like that, huh? But obviously, if you're bringing a kill away, and this more just for depth, because obviously your starters are Traverse Ward. Yamdor Lenore, you hope Luter competes, you hope Terry Castlefields competes, whoever else in the back end, all these players. And then you throw him in the mix, maybe you get that veteran presence. Like an old school Dante, like like <laughs> he would be this year's Dante Johnson, I guess, if he were to bring Akello in. Like Akello has all the measurables. If you look at him, he's 6'3, long arms, super quick, super explosive, fast. Like he has literally all the measurables, but he hasn't worked out because he just doesn't seem mentally or physically tough enough for the NFL. And isn't that the story of Ambry Thomas right now, too? Like, they already have a guy like that on the team who's a third-round pick who's on the verge of washing out. I think the Niners have figured out, like, what kind of profile they need for players to work on this team. you got to be super mentally and physically tough to fit in on a team with Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, and I just don't think Akello fits. I don't think he does. No, because again, again, even though he's not a starter, everyone everyone needs to pretty much resonate for most of the top to bottom. You know, again, it's always about that locker, that culture fit, right? You want to see yeah. if it's going to be a piece of the puzzle, and that's something he's never had, dude. He's just, his mentality has just been always so so volatile. That's one thing I just hate. Yeah. It's like that's that's why I was always like a, a killer Witherspoon defender with the 49ers. It's like, dude, he's got the body at work. The guy just 
He needs his confidence. He has the athleticism. Confidence. He has the frame. Yeah, it's the confidence. It's like with corners, you play corner, right? Yeah, you have to be confident. You can't be scared or nothing like that. You have to be like, you know, you have to be tough. You have to be a savage. You have to be. You have like, to you believe know, you're great. Like when, when Richard Sherman would get beat, yeah. he wouldn't get down on himself. He'd be like, well, I'm still the best. I don't know how that happened. It's not going to happen again. When Akella would get beat, it's almost like you could see it being like, here we go again. Here we go again. It's like, nah, man. Like you, if you don't believe in yourself, then no, then you need to sit down because no one believes in you, man. You got to believe in yourself. That's why the biggest signs of always yeah. like to me when I see like corners who are always there in place and just like when the ball's like getting close to them and they get like deer in the headlights, that's how I know they're scared. Or like Traveris yeah. Ward towards the end in the playoffs, especially when he's like, why is this guy playing 11 yards off? And I'm watching yeah. the playing four yards off. That Those, those are always the two top signs to me that always tell me like, this guy's in his head. Like he got, got beat. Oh, he's got, and then all of a sudden he's scared to get put in that situation. You, you abandon Thank technique, you. you freak out. That's that's all. Thank you for bringing that up with Traverius Ward. The guy didn't get tested all year, and then at the end, he gave up a few catches, and it looked like he freaked out. Mainly towards especially the uh, just the streakers, I would say. Like those are the ones that really like, because those are the ones that really like as a corner, just like stab your soul, and it's like, oh god, I let myself, I let my teammates down. Because he played Devontae Adams like the weeks before that, and he had great coverage on Devontae Adams in the end zone. Right? It was like, ah, this guy has good coverage. Just Devontae Adams, just a freaking legend. Yeah. There's no way yeah. to like. He didn't let that bother yeah. him. But it's the it's the gashers. It's the ones. Dude, that the one he gave up to DK in the, in the playoffs was gross. That's what he I'm saying. Like those crushed. Ones more yeah. I mean, he got smoked and then he was like a couple yards off and he turned to find the ball. It's like, no, nah, man, catch up. You're not in position to make a play on the ball. And then you lost another step trying to find it. And it's touchdown. That was bad. And never after that, I thought he was shook after that, that play. Yeah, so I don't know. That, that play is just pretty much just like, all right, you know, your beat shell technique played through the hands. Exactly. That's why oh, he was yeah. like, turn around, turn around. It's like, no, no. He's turn around when he's two yards. To, mm -mm. You can't. Then it's, it's now it's a touchdown. One second to turn around and then another yep. two seconds to locate the ball. At that point, That's right. just, you know you got it's beat. Over. How do you handle crisis control pretty much? It's pretty much PR Thank control you. in that sense in a, Thank as a you. corner. Play through the hands. You should know that, man. You're one of the highest paid corners in the league. You're elite. That's you should you know freak that. Out. It's hard. That's why it's like yeah. high stress situations. You know, it's the same thing when we talk about like, with the quarterback situation, it's like, dude, like getting these reps for Trey and the, and the practice is great, but he needs to get out of the game because that's not the yeah. way you're going to replicate those high stress situations with him and see how he fares. Yeah. And Traverius is like, he's been in, you know, he's won a Super Bowl, but I don't know. Whatever happened at the end of last season, he didn't respond well. And now you got a new DB coach. Wasn't Love to know what Steve Wilkes thinks. The Niners Super Bowl, too, against Emmanuel Sanders. I know he was back Good there. Point. I don't know about him specifically, but I know he was back Good there. Good point. He did get beat, right? <laughs> He thousand percent was back there. I just don't know if that was necessarily. I think it. Uh, good question. It might be. Joseph Stockridge says, "Can you post these to Spotify?" Sorry, I I got a little hung up the last couple of days. I was, but yes, I'll do it right after. Come on. From now on, every show. Come on. I don't know who wants to hear it. That's All right. Uh, OTA start next week, and a lot of it is meaningless, right? A lot of it's it's just guys working out. It's May. Like it's easy to sort of. Mm, get caught up in things that don't matter. Um, some of it does matter, though. Like, what, what do you think are things fans should take away from these next few weeks? I It's it's really hard for me to take anything away too much, to be honest, like you said, because number one, like, right, there's a quarterback competition supposedly supposed to kickstart next week, right? And OTAs is the first step because they're finally on the field. They get to show their stuff, mainly to, to you and, you know, your peers. But it's like, yeah, the first team isn't there. You know, the first team on both sides of the ball isn't there. They're, they're not really going full speed. They're not doing too many reps. Like, how much of it can you really evaluate? So I don't think the competition starts now. It starts in training camp. But the mm. one and only thing I think that can be taken away from OTAs, the one and only thing is how the 49ers, is how Kyle Shanahan splits the reps of the quarterbacks. How does he split yeah. the reps between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold? That is all that it should be taken away because nothing about performances. Like, sure, you can get giddy. Like, oh, this looked good. Like, yeah, it's good, but – We'll see in training camp when the starters are there, we can get a real evaluation when it really matters, when the players can start telling, nudging Kyle Shannon and be like, hey, that Sam Darnold dude looks a little good. Right, like, it's, it's voluntary. A lot of these starters aren't going to be there. And even if they do, they probably they, they may not even play. Like if Fred Warner shows up as a captain, the Niners could be like, cool, man, here's some shorts. Here's a clipboard. Why don't you just Limiting chill? the hell out of them. Yeah. Just they're not, they're, you're not getting much. You're not going to get much of anything. This is pretty much just for depth people. You know? This, played this 20 is why, games in the last, last like, year, 20 you months. Said Juwan Jennings looked amazing. 
That's what you said, right? LeBron or wait, was it Brandon Ayuk? Excuse me, Brandon Ayuk. You Ayuk, said you said Jalen Jennings Ayuk, looked Ayuk. did not look that great. I mean, Jennings yeah, drops everything in the offseason. He, he's a gamer. Yeah, so that's that's the moment. Sorry, like Brandon Ayuk, that was one who needed to step up, right? Who really needed yeah. to show something. I was like, okay, goddamn, and, look at him. And look he did, him, and you could see his there. body. Like you could see he was he was prepared from the. Mo- that's what I look for. Like which young guy is taking the leap from young and promising to legit pro. You know, like I'm in the best shape of my life. I look like the best player on the team. I'm going to prove it every day. There's always a few guys like Talanoa. You could see it early on. Like, okay, this guy looks different. His body is in better shape. He looks like a vet. He doesn't look like a rookie anymore. Which young guys transform their body and have done it, have it, have put in the work the last three months. You can't fake that. People have said Drake Jackson have, has, I mean, I think there's some pictures of him. I want to see it in person. We're going to talk about him in a minute. That's important. Like which, cause you, I remember Fred Warner, year one to year two looked totally different. George Kittle was another one. Who's the guy? Talanoa, who's the guy this year that's going to look? Aaron Banks was like that. Who's the guy? I think early on, especially OTAs, it's mainly going to be skill position players, right? The seven on sevens, deep secondary players. I'm True. not sure how much. They won't have 11 on 11s much. Are you, are they you do. Be, like Jay Jackson, you're not, all, the only thing you're going to be able to read in from Jay Jackson is his, his physique. That's it. That's all. Yeah, it, yeah. that's all I want to know. Because last year I saw at a rookie minicamp, I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. That's you're not going to contribute much this year, are you, Drake? Are you, Drake? I and he that. didn't. I was like, what? like hey, I don't know, bud. But now people say right. he looks. You know, I want to see that because if he is, then he's got a chance. Got a chance. You got to do this football. You got to be really strong in the trenches, man. All right. They so said you. Who do you think it's going to be? Then I'm begging on. I think Drake. I think OTAs only. Only OTAs. Like who's going to be like? I the, think Drake's going to look good. I think. Um. Hmm. Who else we got? Okay, how about the only ones who, who are actually going to like contribute during that session for seven on seven, like receivers, corners, safeties, running backs, I guess. Danny Gray. I was. That's what I was going to say. Is Ambry Thomas gonna gonna finally no. look like? No. I don't think so. No, he's buried. I don't think so either. I think so. We got, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. He was awful last year. I'll drive this guy into into he, the depth. He chart. didn't. He was so bad in training camp last year. Ambry Thomas. It was crazy. He gave up every. He gave up like a ninety percent completion percentage. It was unreal. I, I remember he wasn't even in the zip code. Like, God, I remember sad. asking the 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 cornerback coach uh, Corey Unlin about him, like halfway through camp. Like, how, how's Ambry doing? He's like, oh, he's doing a lot better, man. He's been a, a lot closer. <laughs> a lot closer. <laughs> a lot closer. Okay. okay. Been a lot closer. Yeah. Sure. It's been bad, but it's just some good. <laughs> um, I mean, Ty Davis Price. Like, are you, are you on the way out here, or or, or are you like? Do you understand what's at stake? Did you see what happened to Trey Sermon? What do you got? (laughs) Because like last year, Jordan Mason looked like he was in better shape than you the whole time. So can you close the gap there? Otherwise, you're gone. Because Kalen Laburn looks like he's in great shape right now too. Also, Elijah Mitchell, I want to see. He's like, he's so good. But it seems like he hasn't been able to find that whatever routine that it takes to be durable in the NFL. I don't know if he can do it. But now's the time, man. Mitchell. McCaffrey can do it. Is he going to be there or be doing much? They might just have him just like. That's the one thing I'm thinking about. That's again. See, this is why like like all all the excitement of the quarterback. It's like, dude, it's like, are we sure Mitchell's going to get much running? Are we sure these players? It's like he's going to be throwing to Danny Gray, that that Twitter guy that they brought in. I just want to say Mitchell real quick. Like if he's at his best, if he takes a leap forward, is a little bit stronger, a little more durable. He's the best running back on the team. Like, nothing against McCaffrey, but... And McCaffrey should get more snaps because he's such a great receiver. But in terms of just straight-up carries, you could argue that Mitchell should be getting, like, at least one more carry a game than McCaffrey, considering he's so freaking good. He's so good. Excellent. (laughs) He's terrific. Outstanding. Didn't we establish, like, one's better inside and one's better than the outside, right? They're both... I don't know. I just feel like Mitchell just gets a little bit more after contact. He's a little bit more... I don't know. That's probably why he gets hurt a lot. He's over there just yeah, just bumbling, stumbling, rumbling, as Chris Berman would say. Like he just yeah, it, it makes sense, right? Why they, why he's getting hurt? Last year, if I remember correctly, he didn't participate in OTAs. He was coming off a knee surgery, and he spent a lot of the offseason rehabbing. This year, theoretically, he spent the entire offseason working out and getting stronger. If that's the case, we'll see it next week. And if he's like, you know. If he's finally looking like a 25-year-old NFL running back, man, the Niners might just start fast this year with some good running backs. Because remember, again, 2021, Raheem Mostert goes down in his second carry. 2022, Mitchell goes down on his sixth carry. 
What's going to happen in 2023? If they can keep their running backs healthy for the first couple of months, they might just win in spite of whatever else is going on in offense. Yeah, and then 2021 was bad. I remember that was a duct tape patchwork job the first six weeks of the season. That was crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. They're bringing in Jocks Patrick from the Bengals, the dude who just played in the XFL. The XFL. Jaquez. Oh, excuse me, he, Jaquez. Sorry. I think he, he went by Jaquez. Well, yeah, I mean, I have his jersey. 49ers legend. My bad. I can't disrespect him. Yeah, so um, what are you going to take away from OTAs? Yeah, I, I think it's just like who, who's been working out this offseason who hasn't. I remember a few years ago, I think it was the Chip Kelly year. Aaron Lynch. Remember Aaron Lynch? Mm-hmm. I had gotten a tip off. I'm not going to say who it was from a former, someone who'd been around. Said, hey, have you seen Aaron Lynch? I was like, nah. He's like, hey, he's big. Just want to say, I don't know what happened. Um, they were counting on him to be a good player. I saw him at OTAs. He was big. He looked like he was at least 280. I wrote it. A bunch of insiders said I was wrong and I was just making it up. Then we interviewed him and he said, yeah, well, you know, my wife's pregnant. And that's, he was like, say, like talking about sympathy eating. You know, you ever heard of sympathy eating? She's eating a lot, so I got to eat too, otherwise. And the PR director was like, all right, man, that's enough. That's enough. I was like, that was about the end for Aaron Lynch. So, yeah, you can kind of see who's been taking it seriously all offseason. Full-time job. Most of them. They haven't really had too many of those problems, though, right, with, like, most players. Like, who's the, who's the problem, like, this time last year, OTA is walking and is like, yep, is this guy taking it seriously? Or, like, I don't think they usually have those guys. No, those guys aren't on the team in. anymore. Aaron Lynch was on the team. I think he was on the team when Shanahan first got here. Remember when they put in that uh, that hill that's still there? And they mm-hmm. used to, like, if you were hurt, you had to, like, do stuff on the hill. You had to, like, do um, army crawls backwards up the hill. He's, like, 300-pound guys. And Buckner was doing it. And they are all trying to do it. It was ridiculous. Ronald, Ronald Blair was doing it. Aaron Lynch did it for, like, two minutes. And he's, I remember him saying, earmuffs. He said, fuck this shit and walked off. It was so funny. That being said, I don't think he made the team. No. <laughs> <laughs> they're making them do workouts like they're in high school. Yeah, it was dumb. And then they got they fired that guy shortly after. Sports writing or YouTube a more lucrative career? YouTube. Do both. Both though. You want you want multiple re- revenue streams. But uh look at people who are making it on YouTube and the cars they drive and then look at journalists who write for sports magazines or websites or newspapers in the cars they drive so i'm saying screw you i drive an affinity you drive a really nice car but you also <laughs> have many revenue streams that i don't know <laughs> yeah people in the streets know what we're doing you're here. just really good at sports gambling aren't you you just <laughs> pick the winners all right yeah like we talked Laker, about him a second like, ago unlike you what are your <laughs> what are your ex- <laughs> what are your expectations what are your expectations for Drake Jackson this year? You think he's going to put it all together and be a major factor? Or do you think by the end of training camp, the Niners are like, you know what? <gasps> We're going to sign Leonard Floyd. Mm, I think I feel like they might have to sign Leonard Floyd no matter what, right? Because you need to have a hedge your bets, get a contingency plan. Because what's the contingency plan if Drake doesn't pan out? What are you going to do? You're going to wait. Cleveland Farrell. Austin Bryant. Kerry Hyder. Kerry Hyder Jr. Cleveland, I can't bend the edge, Farrell. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> Jesus, that guy. <laughs> he nah, it's gonna be Kerry. The same round as Drake Jackson was last year. Um, no, it's if it's they need to really like consider. I think this is what they're waiting for in training camp. They're gonna tell early on, but I'm just wondering, can you really tell early on, right? Because Drake Jackson, his issue was they kept saying he fell off, he tapered as the season went off. Yeah, he, he strength waned as like after the second half of the season, he became unplayable. You know, and it's not like he was making much of an impact, anyways. But there was probably like maybe like one to four like nice plays he was making. I wouldn't say so. It's like you far. can't defend the run, you can't set the edge, and you're not really making much of an impact exactly. as a pass rusher. So it's he's like he's like the Jordan Poole of the defense, right? He's like the Jordan Poole of the team. Replacement. Yeah, like what do you do? He what do you do to- well? And it's I'm not sure how much they're really. That's why I'm saying that they had to sign someone regardless. How much are you really going to tell like in? in training camp if he's there like if he, mm-hmm. not unless you, you use your assessments from last year weighing like measuring the strength he was but i'm not sure how much they they can actually re- replicate that in terms of what will be in the game because that's again that's this is the main issue like did he add more to, i guess did he add more to his arsenal like is he not just more a speed rusher did he add more like finesse more more slap of the hand spin moves something like that that can give him more encouragement that he's going to be an impactful player someone who gives him five sacks this year and hopefully eight. Cause I think that's what the range they want him to be five to eight. 
because he needs to be someone that actually because that's the that's that's the D forward magic number right from that 2019 year so they gave him he gave him those five to eight sacks and he was always good for like five to eight impactful plays a game because he's he rushes the passer the opportunities are there he needs to take advantage of them because the bar has been set high like Steve Wilkes just talked last week and he just added more to this guy's plate like he said oh, a lot of inconsistencies from his rookie year but we're expecting more out of him. And everyone just keeps up in the ante on this guy. And it's like, God, if this guy is not pretty damn good, he's a failure for this year. Yeah, I, I just don't – I never really understood the projection with Drake Jackson. Like, he's an edge rusher that fell to the end of round two. And the Niners acted like they got a first-round pick. It kind of seems like mean, Because I remember I mean, like, draft, that sounded, that sounded like it was echoed. Like, God, that was a damn good pick. He could have been the first. Yeah. I was like, I, th- I thought it was weird when I heard that. I was like, if he could have been the first, why did he go a whole round? Yeah, I, I, I don't know why the media was all about it, but on NFL.com, Lance Zerling gave him a third-round uh, draft projection and compared him to Eli Harold. So there is a little bit of disagreement here, and this is a guy that had 12 and a half sacks in college in three years. Like, he wasn't a dominant pass rusher by any means. He had five sacks his final year at USC. He never had more than five and a half sacks in a season. And so I was kind of like, what is the projection here? And then the Niners take him. They have Chris Kasarek. You figure out oh, they'll figure it out. They'll get the best out of him. So I, I asked Kasarek last year, and it seemed to me that he made it real clear that the projection was the Arden Key role. They lost Arden Key. He was a big factor in their success the year before. And he's like, if you look at Drake Jackson, like a lot of his, most of his sacks at USC, Kasarek said this, came in the interior, either lined up as a D tackle or looping to the inside. And I feel like the same thing was true of his, of his rookie year with the Niners. Most of his pressure came either lined up in the interior on third down or looping to the inside. So now all of a sudden he's an edge rusher. Like I, he didn't even test. He didn't even run. Does he have that athleticism or is he more of a tweener? I look at him as a tweener. I don't know. And that's what I thought they looked at him too. I don't know. Maybe he maybe he registered fine on the GTFO scale for the 49ers that's what he did <laughs> so i mean i think i think the more like you're talking because uh, the more i've been thinking about from that first time when he got drafted and seeing his seasons the words has been said and then even you saying it's like is was he just pretty much like another projection pick at the 49ers thought like he had the body of work he's pretty raw but we love what he has there and we think the ceiling's high which resonates trey lance and all these other players that keep taking like that we see this and we we think he's closer than he is farther when it's like no, it looks like he's farther than he is closer in terms of reaching that. And again, you guys are jumping the gun, wanting like a finished product as soon as you got to get your hands on him. But that's that's not the reality, you know. <laughs> and I think that's something that that's happened at, that, that there might be a sense of arrogance that they get because they've hit on those third, fourth, fifth, sixth round players that turn into that those guys within the first year. And I think you got Jake Jackson falling under that umbrella. But I do think he could be very solid this year. Again, five day sacks is something that the, like that the way they're talking about him, that's what they sound like it. But I just they just need to be an impactful player. The twenty snaps is going to take. Just do something with five of them that are like pretty damn good, like almost game changing, and then we're we're all good. Yeah, I just don't understand like where like what the um like what they saw in Drake to begin with. Like he's not super big. He didn't run. Like what did he do? He he did he could do backflips, right? Backflips. <laughs> yeah. So I. I'm sorry. I just I'm a little skeptical here. Seemed like you you drafted him to replace Arden Key, and now you're pivoting because you need a defensive end. But I don't really know that he has that skill set. Seems like Robert Beal has it, but I don't know that he's good at football. I don't know. They they may need to sign Leonard Floyd or Yannick Ngakwe at the end of this uh, training camp. I'm sure they'll give Drake Jackson every opportunity to show that he can do it. But I'm just a little skeptical that he can do it. Things gonna be figured out like within like the first two weeks of the, the thinking like oh god like I, I think something because because that's when they really grind, especially when the pads come on that's where they really grind them I think that's one thing the training crap really learns about is that Chris Kasarek actually and offensive linemen they actually let those guys when the ones let them go at it they yell at them and they do those are the ones the that one really on get ones. in it I think that's the ones you yeah. can really assess that so that'd be an interesting group to actually keep an eye on in training camp you know so that, well, that, we're gonna see a lot of Colton McKivitz versus Drake Jackson one on one in training camp. What's the, how's that going to go? And what was it going to tell Like if, if, first of all, if Drake Jackson can't beat Colton McKivitz, that's a problem. That's a problem. So we're going to have to, he's going to have every day against Colton McKivitz. Can you beat Colton? And then if Colton can't block Drake Jackson, that's a problem. That's going to be a very interesting, how do you, how do you interpret the winner and loser to that? It's like, yeah, that's the same. Like, it's like, is, is, is Jackson bad or is Colton exactly. good? Is it both? Exactly. Or? Gonna I think if you're the 49ers, you're hoping that it's Colton's just really good, even if Drake is bad. 
That's the one you really need. You need Colton to pan out more than Drake any day of the week, easily. That'd be all bad. Yeah, I mean, if it ain't Colton, it's nobody. Glass half full guy says, I'm really hoping Trey Lance balls out this year, and I do think anointing Purdy after eight starts is Jimmy all over again, in my honest opinion. Let's see more first. You know, I'm not even talking about Brock. I was actually, uh, let's get to it now. Um, The title of the show. The title of the show are the Niners making the Jimmy G mistake all over again. Uh, I'm thinking in terms of Sam Darnold because we're hearing every week another person. Now it's Lewis Riddick talking about how the Niners are really high on Sam Darnold and they feel he's turned his career around and it's based on the last six games of last season. The last six games on the Carolina Panthers. Mm -hmm. Sam Darnold start it's they're three and eight sam Darnold rides in and all of a sudden they go on a little they they win some games and the niners are thinking boom look at that six game stretch right look at that six game stretch of meaningless football for a team that was out of it i mean they may they may not have been like mathematically eliminated but they were were down there to the wire i think they were three and eight they weren't going freaking anywhere i mean they would have had to run the table. You can't win, go to the playoffs with nine losses. They would have had to run the table. They wasn't happening. So, I mean, sure, it was a cool little story, but it essentially was them playing out the season on a team that was tanking, and they won some games. Great. Like, that's a nice story. They didn't quit. But that's the same reason they gave Jimmy Garoppolo the contract that they gave him. They made him the highest-paid player on a six-year deal because he came onto a team that was 1-10 and won five games. Like, yeah, that's cool, but at the same time, it doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all. And that's why I feel like the Niners are making the Jimmy Garoppolo mistake again. Like, it's six games, guys. It didn't really matter. What are they going to do this year? That's the way I look. What do you think? Well, they're not paying him $100-plus million, so that's thank God for that part. That's all Yet! That's- Yet, Jose! Oh, shut up. Don't say that. Don't say that. We're all screwed then. Um, but <laughs> no, that's that's the one that's the one thank God moment, you know, because <laughs> other than that, like, yeah, there, there, there's some similarities to that, like the s- limited sample size. And I mean, look, like the person who just asked that question is like, it is true. They These guys are limited sample size with Purdy Gate starts. They saw something with Darnold. But of course, I think Darnold, too, at least they had like they definitely had McCaffrey and Wilkes advocating for him and giving them information. Obviously they gave him rave reviews. I doubt if either of them were like saying to Darnold that they're actually really trying to sign him like that. So I, I think that'd be like the only other, the only other blemish on, on that, on that comparison. But yeah, it's, it, it, this is, this is just what, this is what these guys are. The limited sample size. So either pull the plug on someone or be bought all in. I just want to remind you the Niners traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. He was 26. He went, he went on and won those five games on a team that was out of it, and they were so impressed. Sam Darnold's 25. He, went, he played on a team that was out of it and didn't quit, and they won some games, and the Niners were so impressed because he battled, and he found a way to win. It's like, okay, guys, you didn't learn your lesson? You really didn't learn your lesson the first time? I mean, even people that advocate for Sam Darnold be like, Man, he's just like Jimmy G. It's like, oh, oh, okay, like, is that good? He's like Jimmy G, but with a little bit more mobility. Like, okay, so you can't trust him at all? Like, you, like you got to take the game out of his hands all the time and just hand off because you can't trust him to make two decisions in a row? Like, great. Let's bring that guy back on the team. That's what I feel like they did. It's about the same age. About the same. Because Jimmy didn't have to. Look, the difference between Jimmy and Sam Darnold is Jimmy didn't have to play for the Jets and the Panthers. He just sat and did nothing. Behind Tom Brady and had this aura like, oh my God, he's going to be so good. I heard, I heard in practice, he's so good. Even though he's not. Darnold, everyone's, know, everyone's seen Darnold. But if you just fact, fo- focus on his last five starts. I think we've talked about at the point how many games the 49ers could win with Darnold or something around that spectrum or how would the offense operate. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, yeah, I think they'll be fine, but if it's one read and not there, it's over with. It's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo all over again. Actually, now that we're talking about I remember saying that if the first reel is not there, it's like, uh, where do I go uh, now? Where do I go now? Yeah. That's do you trust him? If the first read isn't there, do you trust Sam Darnold to do the right thing and make a good decision? I don't. No. What has he ever shown any promise? That's the thing I don't get where all this is coming from. Just 
So all of a sudden he has this reclamation product, this project, this whole like heroes comeback. All of a sudden that's never been there. Like it's, when did Sam Darnold ever have a fall from grace? Like, okay, I get it. He played for the Jets, Adam Gase. It was terrible. <laughs> He's, he has had a pretty damn shitty hand. Like to be honest, it, it's, it's pretty bad hand. But again, it's like, it's not like he really showed much of anything, you know. That's Blake really Bortles had a bad hand in Jacksonville. He still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could have a good hand or a bad hand. If you're not good, it doesn't change anything. You're just not good. That's true. Because you can always um, still like, look, look at, least, at least show something. And I think. Show even something. When shown, even when he's shown something last year in that stretch, it's not like they're they're really propping up like 180 yard passing two touchdown game of, there was I mean, no pressure on sam it. darnold last year man they're trying to act there was no you was they were three and eight he can't whatever dude you start week one in pittsburgh that's a lot of pressure man don't mess up and the way i look at sam darnold as a quarterback is the way i look at like spongebob as a driver you know spongebob he went to driving school oh, and he would take all the notes and they always thought like okay he's ready now and he'd get behind the wheel and he would immediately crash like that's what's gonna happen. It's, it's just it's not ready, man. He's SpongeBob. <laughs> I'm ready. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Sam Darnold. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's Sam Darnold. All right. So who's passing? Not. Then? Who's the who's the dunce friend that's there just riding along? Is it is it is it a is it Kittle McCaffrey since they're hanging out with him at the Warriors games or something like that? They're trying to like prop him up when he's not actually a better player. You got it. Oh, yeah. damn. I don't know. I can't, do that. <laughs> I can't do that one. I would have to say yes. Uh, Barry baller 18 says, when's the next time you get to see players on the field next week? I think they practice three times and they have media available for one. Um, haven't said which day yet. I'm gonna try to find out. They're going to cancel practices again too. That's another thing back to that old question and why it doesn't matter. Like I got, so I'm gonna try to get on get on my noodle. They recently. do that. Talking about oh, OT, you don't think OTAs matter? I was like, yeah, it matters. It's little to nothing, and the very little, the one thing is just, again, just the, the quarterback reps. Because well, that, really last year they things? got in trouble, right? Diamador, someone, someone got in trouble for excessive uh, press act, press coverage. Excuse me. Um, what was it last year? Bump and run coverage, and I think they lost. A, maybe maybe that was two years ago. They two also years ago. two years ago they got um, was it Daniel. Brunskill, uh, like three guys injured in one one practice. Like no, it was various more. Justin School, third one. Justin School, third one. It was very minor. But the oh, Jeff Wilson, practice. Jeff Wilson in the in the locker room, standing up, tore up his knee. Remember that? that standing up in the locker room, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, okay. mini camp. So they got to have people not tear their knees in the locker room. Yeah, That's yeah. Important. Okay, no, all three of them were two years ago. Last year okay. was okay for once. For once, okay. that was when Aubrey, that was when twenty twenty one. All the heat was coming on them. Um, yeah, that was when that was when they're getting lit up. So last that. year was that that the year they just canceled practice? Like, hey, we're good. We're gonna well, start off three and four for fun. Practices. I remember, remember twenty twenty one. It was like, oh, we're gonna cancel anyway. It's like, no, it sounds like you gotta took it away. And then they've been canceling it now. So again, that's that's the thing. Like, they say fourteen, but they do eleven. They don't care. They want it that was the way. best part. Yeah, when, when the NFL took away a practice, and Kyle's like, well, we didn't want to practice anyway. That was the funniest thing he's ever said. I love when he does stuff like that. We didn't yeah. want it anyway. So they cool. just pretty much OTAs. All it is is pretty much just like, all right, guys, let's let me see what you got the playbook. Let's see how it goes. Da, 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 da. That's it. They're not really like my favorite guys. part about OTAs is how Nick Bosa never shows up and no one on the Niners really cares. I love that. So funny. Yeah, keep him away. He's, he's not really on out. the team. He's like an independent contractor. Trent and he's an independent. Who? Trent Williams, George well, Kittle. No, I, th I feel like Kittle will be there. He just won't, like, do anything. Like, Fred Warner will show up. Has like, Nick, Nick Bosa's like, I'm in, I'll see you guys when I absolutely have to be there. Otherwise, I'm chilling in Florida. No, I'm not going to be there. I'm not spending an hour more in Santa Clara than I need to. Thank you very much. And you have to have a problem with that. You're welcome to trade me. Because every freaking team would love to have this business arrangement with me. I love that about Nick Bosa. It's hilarious to me. No one can say anything to him. From here. You don't want him to get pulled over looking lit because that's what he did. He looked, he looked, I, I, I watched that video. I was like, there's no way this guy is sober. This guy is no way. He probably took an Eddie or something. I don't know what he did. There's no, Whoa, I don't know what he, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I do think it's funny that within like five seconds, he was like, Hey, yeah, you know, play for the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what had me rolling. I was like, what the fuck does this matter? <laughs> nice dude. Nice. Like, if you have to say, I play for the 49ers, like, you should be more famous than that, right? Like, 
you're Nick Bosa. You're the man in South Florida, right? They, they know who you are. You had to, you had to throw out a Northern California football team for clout. Come on. You should be able to be like, you know who my dad is, right? He should put that on the bumper. I played for the 49ers. <laughs> that was hella here. funny. Hey, at least it worked. I think he got it. He's good. Glass half full guy says, as a fan, I'm curious, can players get an, uh, get together with coaches outside of the facility and study the playbook, practice, etc.? No. I think that's against the rules. Against the rules. Players can get together, though. Because if you could, then there would be all kind of pressure from coaches to do that every day. Coaches yes. are crazy. Yeah. They don't stop. So, yeah, there's a rule against it. But the players can. Like, they can group together. Like, it could be like, you know, like Trey Lance, IU. It could be like five of them. Like, they, I, that, that's cool. Players can do that. Just can't be no coaching. Coming back to this topic one more time, because we're done, essentially. It, it, it kind of alarms me how the Niners are so bad at evaluating quarterbacks. The <laughs> guy is a good... It's like, they're talking about eight games of Brock, five, six games of Darnold, and four games of Trey, and they're taking it all like... Like, they can... Like who? You don't know anything. You got nothing on three quarterbacks. You basically have... Well, you got a lot on Sam Darnold, but you're focusing on nothing for six games, and you're making a big deal out of eight games and a big deal out of four games. Like... No wonder you suck Bethard. at evaluating this position. Bethard, all the quarterbacks you passed on that first year. Um, they just don't see the big picture of this position, I don't think. You know what's the crazy part? No, they don't. Hell no. You know what's the crazy don't. part? Brock Purdy is so far, is, so I would say, is the best-looking one that they've, quote-unquote, are going with or evaluated. You know, it's, it's the best-looking yeah. one, I would yeah, say. Again, yeah, limited yeah. size. Maybe For he falls sure. off. Probably does fall yeah. off because he's not. He's rehabbing. He's but a, a serious injury. Like, yeah, like it, it, it's actually what's what sucks about the Brock Purdy story is he could have been their fairy tale savior. You know what I mean? Like King Arthur out of nowhere type Kurt Warner guy. And they broke him. Like, this could be a lot more serious than the Niners have let on. I mean, it's their job to project confidence and they don't really know. So why say anything else? But this could have ruined him, which is which would be really sad. I hope not. It's. It's just, it's just, it just goes back to what we've we've said like since the offseason started with the Forty Nineers, like with Trey Lance, like what 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 changed with Trey Lance? What changed all these guys? And it's like they just they just don't care. They just want to see like they they're so they're, their goals change like year by year with what they want to do with the quarterback. And again, like you said, it's a big, big picture. It's like twenty twenty one. You know, it was reported they're okay with Trey Lance developing and losing some games. And I was like, ah, you know what? Now we're not okay. We're we saw Brock. You know, we're we're good, even though we spent it. it it's it's just the evaluation process so much with these guys again it's like they really thought trey could have been that guy so much faster and again if trey gets that week one start i'm still expecting him to look pretty rookie-ish early on it depending on how many starts he gets because that's that's what he needs he needs those plays he's not going to get that much better from playing in the same training camp system it's not like they again they didn't they they definitely they definitely fumbled in terms of bringing him up okay i got a theory roll me on this one so um Lewis Riddick talking about uh, someone who I trust completely, uh, implicitly when it comes to the quarterback play, talking about Sam Darnold. Man, he worked with Brian Greasy. I'm, I don't know. But if Brian, Gre if Brian Greasy is whispering to his friends big praise about Sam Darnold, um, is it possible that it's a coaching tactic that last year the Niners just anointed Trey Lance and got Jimmy out of there and it didn't really work. And this year they feel what's really important is not anointing Trey and trying to. So what they can do is build up Sam Darnold's confidence since he needs it. Otherwise, he has no chance and put a chip on Trey Lance's shoulder and see what happens. Because anointing Trey didn't work. There, I mean, we, we saw all the pictures and videos of what he was doing last offseason. It doesn't seem like he was really attacking it the way he is now. He wasn't working out with Patrick Mahomes last offseason. Now he is. But it also turns Same. out his finger was still bumming him too, and I guess he was lying to you True. guys. Apparently, he was lying yeah, to you guys. Like, yeah. Shanahan, the uh, White Clark thing. He's he said, "Oh yeah, his finger like like okay, wow, that was a nice little yeah. little nugget you dropped there." So I guess it, Trey was lying because I remember he kept saying, "I think it's you." He's like, "Oh my finger, man, come on, man, it's all good." And then, yeah, apparently it was not all good, or maybe well. it was at the end of his healing, and then he just needed so many reps just to finally get back to that original throwing motion. Which again yeah. shows why that 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 viral video he had where he's working out with Patrick Mahomes, it's like, damn, that's the tightest spiral that fool's thrown since probably ever with the 49ers. And it's, yeah. it's, it's it's wondering why everything's like aligning. So but I do think the same thing anointing part does work. They, they, I think it's a whole stack of things right that just, went, that just went against him. Like you know, if Darnold's gonna have any chance, you have to build up his confidence the way Harbaugh did with Alex Smith. 
So you got to say you're good. And it's not just like tell it to his face. Cause probably a lot of people have tried that. Like whisper it off the record to people. Yeah. He's good. He's good. And the, you know, the side effect of that is Trey Lance hears it and is like, Oh, like, do they, do they actually like Sam Darnold more than me? And it lights a fire under him that didn't seem to be there last year because he was 22 and he thought he had the whole future ahead of him. And now it's like, nah, you know, Brock's in front of you and Darnold could pass you too. Like, well, you really need to outperform this guy right now. And frankly, you should be able to. So do That's it. possible because the goal right yeah. now is to beat out Brock. He's not there. It's to beat out Sam. That's the beat way out he's Sam. put his sights. And if you keep beat out Sam, we can't sell you to the locker room, dude. You got to beat out Sam. And what we're going to do is we're going to pump up Sam so that when if you beat out Sam, it seems like a big accomplishment. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is, but that seems like 40 chess. I don't know. I don't think people are that strategic. Maybe. I don't but, know. You never know. You can never put it past the point of the quarterback situation, you know? So it, it's always annoying. But then again, this is what they get for having such an instability at the position all these years. If it ever works out for Trey Lance on this team or somewhere else, I'd love to hear his story about what happened these last few years. Like, dude, who was in your corner? Who wasn't? What the hell happened? But for us to ever hear that story, he's going to have to, like, become good. And even if he does, he might be above it and might not say anything about it. But I'd like to know. Probably wouldn't. Alex Smith, Alex Smith spilled the tea about it early in his career, eventually, when he became a success. So I'd like to hear that. Glass half full guy says, I'm convinced Kyle never leaks to the media, in my honest opinion. That's where I'm coming from, too. I feel like Kyle is sort of like Rogers, Aaron Rodgers, where he's just has kind of disdain for the Rappaports and the Schefters and doesn't want to play that game, doesn't feel he has to play that game because he's so, you know, cemented in his spot in the NFL. He doesn't have to, I don't know, that's the way I look at it. But there might be other people in the organization who like talking. I don't know. I think he's selective with it because Aaron Rodgers definitely leaks too. I remember it was like a year ago or something like that where who reported rap report rap report reported something about like pack uh, Aaron's not a decision yet or something like that about retiring again, whatever about a trade. And it was like, wait, who's even asking about this? Oh wait, it sounds like Aaron's texting Rod rap report saying, say this and report it, let it out there. So I think it's all selective. It's only good. They're all friends when they, when it's to their benefit, but, but then once everything starts getting drawn out, and so, but they, they start getting peeled about it. But I, I just can't ignore the fact that the Niners have two ex-announcers in their franchise, in their staff, like really prominent announcers. John Lynch was an announcer for Fox. Brian Greasy was an announcer for ESPN. These guys are media guys. They were media guys before they became GMs or coaches. And they know a lot of media guys. They worked at ESPN and Fox. So all of a sudden, it's like, I don't know. I, how do you not wonder if they're talking to their myriad of friends in the media, right? Like, I don't know. I, I have no idea, but like, it's such an obvious question to have, especially if you're a player wondering, who's talking about me? Is it my, is say, it my coach? Who else Lewis could possibly be talking about that he has connections with? Um, I just, it makes you wonder. It is the most, it is the most. I don't think Lewis talk. is talking to Kyle. When Rappaport is trying to read the tea leaves, I don't think he's talking to Kyle. But if you told me he talked to John or Brian Greasy, I'd be like, okay, well, I can't, I'm, I don't know. Sounds possible. I doubt it's Kyle though. And to me, like until someone, Kyle's the one who makes the freaking call. So I don't really care what anyone else thinks or who they're talking to. You're not talking to Kyle most likely. So I think he's, I think I really, my read on him is that he's, it's 33, 33, 30. Like he's equally open with all these quarterbacks. I don't care. You guys make the decision with your play. You do it. This Go ahead. This is why I like reading with his actions is not what, really what Kyle yeah. says. Just seeing, yeah. again, back to like... Back he has nice things to say about all three of them. He has nice things to say about all three of them. You ask him about Sam? Yeah, love him. You ask about Trey? Yeah, love him. He would have been great last year. Ask about Brock? Wow, what a, what a player. Okay, see what you got. And that's, that's, I don't know. What's wrong with that? That's why I expect, I would expect, but wouldn't be shocked. Again, I think they're going to split the reps with Trey and Darnold, if not give Trey the slight edge. But again, that's where it gets. That's where it gets. You know, the convincing is like, okay, what well, Kyle's going to tell you what he thinks with OTAs and how he runs these guys. That's what. You, that's the main takeaway, and so that's that's why I think it's going to be the most intriguing. Like you're going to go there and be like, it's it's day four of OTAs. Darnold took most of the first team reps. What the hell? And it's like, oh god, is it already over before it starts? So that's why it's like, it's so much that's going to. If that from. happens, it's bad. If Darnold gets bad. ever ever gets more reps than Lance, it's bad. Especially the way early. I, yeah. 
I think that see my expectation is Lance is going to get most, if not all, the first team reps in OTAs because he's been here three years and Donald's been here three months. If that Darnold might not be able to months. Might, might not be like uh, cognizant or able or embedded in right. the playbook enough to even run that many reps in practice. Correct. Anyway. So I'm expecting Lance gets most of those reps. The question is, where does it start? Let's say he gets mm, 75% of the reps to start. That's if he starts getting less and less, is that because he's not playing well? Is it because Darnold's learning more? Is it because Darnold's playing well? Like, I, that's going to be very interesting. People exactly. are going to chart that every day. Yeah. So that's why I think I think yeah. this was going to be the most. That's going to be a thing that adds to your adds to your notes. Now it's like, who gets more Just reps? reps. That's, that's the thing yep. that's always going to be key, and it starts with OTAs. That's going to be the first thing that tells you because this is the thing you start tracking and you track into the training camp and see where the chart takes you and see if you get a flowing wherever it goes you start a bar graph of this thing if you want to i think i mean honestly like what i gotta do um is i did it the last couple of years i want to say is in addition to the good and the not so good you got to do a whole thing on just the quarterback competition day one and it's like a it's a breakout because that's what that's what people want to know you can't bury that quarterback competition the yep. exact stats for each guy the exact reps who they were going up what team all that stuff you gotta do that every day and you get to say you gotta be watching for all the other players at the same time it's hard man but no one wants to hear your excuses Play like a champion. Rule 114. It's because the Niners yeah. don't want me there to look at the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be there. I'll get you for I'll get you there for some of those practices. I mean, if Brett Coleman can get there. Uh, Sven says, Do you think Jacor Pearson would be a sleeper to make a serious impact on this roster? Who? They haven't signed him yet. They haven't signed him yet. Which kind of annoys me. No one signed him. What's, what does he have to do? This guy's been cooking people. Left and right since he left Ole Miss. Is that the Twitter guy? The Twitter wide receiver? Yeah. No. XFL guy. Sea Dragons. Oh. The Twitter guy got signed by the Niners. No, yeah. And I thought the XFL guy had a better Ricky Minicamp. No, no disrespect to the calling him the Twitter guy. <laughs> What's his name? Just so I can stop disrespecting. <laughs> Isaiah Winstead. Isaiah Winstead. Okay, there we go. Isaiah Winstead's big, looks good in his pads. Um, caught a 10 yard pass. Uh Jacor I mean, looks big, small, looks like awkward in his pass, but Jacor's fast as hell. If wow. he looks good in OTAs, he's going to be a player going. To he's not going to be there. He's not on the team. They have to sign him. I'm They're upset. They better. <laughs> Jose, good show. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for watching. I'll be back tonight with Jesse. Late night, which is six o'clock Pacific. Late night. So stay up. So early See you guys evening. in. Yep, early. Yeah, we're kind of like before dinner. <laughs> See you guys. Before dinner. <laughs>